Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls, code nogirls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. So this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode. Uh, Just right off the bat, I should say I have COVID. So if I don't sound like my normal self, it's probably because I've spent the last few days in bed with a fever. And partly because I have COVID, I am joined by my producer and chief science officer, Michael, to just make sure that I don't say anything wildly out of pocket while I'm feeling so feverish. Michael, thank you so much for helping me out here. Yeah, happy to be part of it. You know, just keep a a watchful eye, make sure everything stays on the right side of the science. (laughs) I mean, it's funny, we we were talking earlier off mic and 
I was not planning on making an episode today. Um, I partly because I am not feeling well, but also just because like there has been so much going on, you know, with Elon Musk buying Twitter, which I have really come to see as our largest and perhaps most influential digital communication platform when it comes to getting real-time news. And so I guess I was just feeling a little bit strange. Here we are on the eve of election night. You and I are recording this on Monday evening, and I wasn't planning on doing an episode. And, you know, we were talking about the election and sort of how we were thinking and where we were at. And I realized that I was actually feeling quite anxious and that I was feeling, I don't know, just a lot of feelings. And, you know, one of the ways that I process things is via podcasting, via having conversations with the listeners and helping myself sort out how I'm feeling. And we figured, why not bring it to the pod? So it's going to be a little bit of a different episode, but I did want to get on the mic on this election day eve. Yeah. And thank you for having me here. I am excited to process it with you. I It's pretty understandable to imagine that you would feel a little anxious, unsure about what's going to happen because it's a pretty big election and also other things happening. Yeah, it's a pretty big election. And I think I had a moment of really thinking about what's at stake for so many of us, particularly marginalized people. And as someone who has a background in things like disinformation, digital communication, media, I thought it might be a good opportunity to really have a conversation about the kinds of miss and dis and mal information that I am sure we are going to be seeing tomorrow. And we've already seen a lot of it uh, up until the the elections and what we're going to see in the aftermath of the elections. And I, I thought that might be a helpful just sort of level set for folks and just generally talk through some of the ways that we know inaccurate, misleading content is going to be showing up in this election. And so before we start any of that, I do just want to level set on terms. Uh, I realize that I tend to throw around a lot of terms that people maybe don't know. Maybe people do know these terms, and this is like old news. But so three kinds of inaccurate or misleading information we're going to be talking about today are misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Mike, I know that you know some of those terms from your work producing our series on disinformation called Disinformed about a year ago. Uh, are you are, like, do you do you want me to, to give you the definitions of those terms just as we go forward in this episode? Yeah, well, I've been around for a little while while you've been, uh, you know, producing these podcasts about these different types of inaccurate information. And I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on misinformation being information that uh, it's just not true, but somebody really doesn't have any malicious intent for spreading it. Uh, disinformation, I've heard, is a damn lie. <laughs> that's you. That's you. Heard, okay, so you've been either popping into trainings I've done because that's that's my little line about how to tell the difference between dis and misinformation. Uh, misinformation is misleading information. Disinformation, that's a damn lie. Somebody is trying to intentionally fuck with you by lying. Yeah, right. So I've heard that a couple of times now. <laughs> from me. From you. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Nice and clear. Disinformation, it's a damn lie. Got it. Malinformation is kind of a new one for me. Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked. So malinformation, I guess you didn't really ask, but It was whatever. a question. Yeah, it was a statement. Malinformation, in the form of a yes. Malinformation is really important. It's one that we, I, 
I guess for myself, I do a lot of trainings on misinformation, disinformation, how folks can combat it, all of that. One that I, I've only recently started adding more into the conversation is malinformation. Malinformation is information that is technically correct, but it's taken out of context by somebody that probably has an agenda, right? And so it's videos where the videos are not doctored. The person in the video said that thing, but that thing is then taken out of context to make some larger point that is probably misleading. And so you can really think of it as like misinformation is if you're anything like me, when your mom sends you, you know, things she saw on Facebook about how if you get into your car and somebody has put a dollar bill under your under your wiper, don't touch it because that's how sex traffickers get you. And it's a new way that sex traffickers are trying to get you by putting a dollar bill on your windshield. And it also probably has fentanyl on it. And if you touch that, you're definitely going to die. Uh, my mom, God love her doesn't know if these things are true or not necessarily. It just comes on her Facebook page and she's sharing it just in case. She's not doing it out of malicious intent. She's doing it because, you know, let me just share this in case it's, it's true, right? And so misinformation, somebody is not trying to, not necessarily trying to intentionally mislead you. Disinformation, a damn lie. They are trying to intentionally lie to you knowingly to spread chaos or confusion or fear. And malinformation is technically accurate content that is taken out of context or misrepresented to make a larger point that is inaccurate or misleading. So those are the sort of terms we're going to be throwing around in this episode when we talk about some of the things that you should definitely be on the lookout for as we go into election day tomorrow. Well, I appreciate that. And as the chief science officer, I appreciate that we have gone from two different types of inaccurate information to three. I mean, that feels like a 50% increase in our understanding of these lies. Yeah, I mean, I really got to shout out Dr. Joan Donovan, friend of the show. She uses the term media manipulation, which I think is a good one because, I don't know, I feel like disinformation has almost kind of become like a buzzword a little bit where people are just, the definition of it has become so watered down that it's become a little bit of a cliche. And so she likes to use the term media manipulation, um, which also counts for things that you see on Twitter to sort of get back to the roots of the fact that we're talking about a citizenry being manipulated via what they see on digital media. And so whether you're talking about misinformation, malinformation, disinformation, that is really at the heart of what we're talking about. And so I really wanted to get into some of the things to look out for as we go into our election day today. Um, And one, I guess the first bucket is just sort of general, I guess I'm calling it sort of the general isms. Racism, sexism, um, you know, homophobia, misogyny. Essentially, the idea that because of someone's identity, that is going to impact what kind of leader they can be. That's something that we have seen so much of in this election, I'm sorry to say. And it can be kind of difficult to see. Some of it is very blatant, but some of it is like a little bit more difficult to see. Um, But some things to look out for that I'm sh- I, we've already seen in the midterms and we're definitely going to be seeing today on election day. One, things like baselessly connecting black candidates to crime or lawlessness. Uh, I saw a pretty, I guess I'll say horrific example of this in um, the North Carolina, a, very, a hotly contested race in North Carolina with a uh, Ted Budd up against Sherry Beasley. And in an ad that Ted Budd put out, 
They be, I mean, they basically all but call her a pedophile. Because Sherry Beasley struck down a bipartisan law requiring GPS tracking for child predators. A monster. I was able to hear that at It's horrific. She's, she's a monster. She wants to, like, rape and kill my child. I mean, that ad definitely makes it seem that way. I mean, how many people has she personally murdered? It must have been dozens of children. You would think, right? Okay, so essentially this ad kind of blames Beasley for a decision from her time on the North Carolina Supreme Court. And they blame this decision on the, you know, horrific attack by a three-time convicted sex offender named Tori Grady. Uh, And so what actually is going on is that back in 2019, Beasley joined a four to two majority that struck down a law requiring automatic lifetime monitoring for anyone convicted at least twice for the same offense. That decision concluded that such tracking violated the Fourth Amendment and emphasized that most states do not have any sort of lifetime tracking or monitoring. And so essentially, you know, this is from the, the Carolina Journal The case was not whether or not Grady had committed the crime. It was not whether or not he deserved forgiveness. The case was about whether anyone who served his time and was no longer even on and was no longer even on parole or probation could have their every move tracked and monitored and recorded for the rest of their life. Right. And so essentially Beasley joined a majority on this decision that no, it is it is not constitutional that somebody who is not on parole, not on probation is not in the system in any way at this point, should have their their behavior monitored for the rest of their life. And the ad really misleadingly claims that GPS tracking was instituted under a bipartisan law, quote, until Cherry Beasley struck it down, and that Beasley ruled that it violated the child predator's privacy. But that's just not true, right? There is that decision made, did no such thing. If you are someone who is on parole, you absolutely can be monitored and tracked by the state. Them saying that GPS tra- tracking has been struck down is just not true. That's just a fabrication. And so it's one of the, it's one of those situations where it is a little bit nuanced, right? I understand what they're doing. They're completely flattening out what actually happened in this way to make it sound very scary that, oh, Cherry Beasley decided that a child predator should have their privacy protected and that child predator went on to attack a child in a horrific way. And it's so savvy how they are able to reframe the facts and what actually happened in this way that is just misleading. It doesn't tell the whole truth. And I feel like it doesn't actually help North Carolina voters get a better sense of what actually happened. It just completely misrepresents what happened. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That ad is really, it's like a a great textbook example of logical fallacies of, uh, I I guess, deductive reasoning. I don't know where they, they, obviously she was weighing in on this, case that had to do with general North Carolina law and affected the entire population of North Carolina. And whoever created this ad has chosen the single one worst case scenario of what happened as a result of that decision. And that's just so disingenuous. And there's like, if that's the criteria by which any policy is going to be judged, they will all fail. Everything will be horrible. 
Absolutely. And it's something that we've seen quite a bit of. I remember we definitely saw this when um, Ketanji Brown-Jackson was being confirmed as the first Black woman Supreme Court justice. But if you remember, I think it was Josh Hawley did almost the exact same thing where they were accusing Justice Jackson of being like soft on pedophiles or soft on crime because of one decision that she had made in her career. And it was like, you know, there was a whole thing where she was like, it's not my job to, you know, I, this is, it's not my job to interpret like sentencing. That's not what I do. But the way that they're able to create, I would argue, a really unfair playing field for women of color, people who are marginalized, that they can't possibly live up to. And so this is like a very common tactic of people who are interested in kind of doing these coded attacks on marginalized people who are running for public office. You mentioned that, you know, it's, it, this is particularly particularly weaponized against the marginalized people. Do you have other examples beyond Sherry Beasley? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the way that we've seen certain buzzwords be flung around to specifically Black candidates, Black women in particular, you know, buzzwords that are at this point essentially just dog whistles. Biden, Warnock, and Abrams are woke communist leftists who hate this country. Okay, so something that sticks out at me about this is the use of the word, the words communist and woke. As far as I know, I don't believe that Warnock, Stacey Abrams, or Joe Biden have officially endorsed communism, like a very specific thing. And I also think it's interesting how they say, like, oh, woke gun laws. What does woke mean, right? Like, at this point, when someone says, oh, the, their woke agenda, basically what they're meaning is that, like, that person is Black. They don't give you any specific, you know, thing that they think is woke. It's just the woke agenda. And so we, I, I've definitely seen an uptick in this when it comes to Black candidates where just like, oh, if you want woke policies, that's what they give you. Yeah, it's it was an interesting ad because I feel like the actual descriptions of the policies that Biden and Warnock and I guess Stacey Abrams, it's not really clear who the ad was against, but like the policies they were describing actually sounded pretty good, like banning AR-15s. That kind of sounds like a good idea to me. And there was one about like red flag laws. Like, yeah, maybe some people, maybe there should be occasions where red flags disqualify someone from gun ownership in an intensely concentrated, uh, dense society. Uh, Mike, it sounds like you're endorsing what we know are bogus mental health exams. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> the actual policies were totally reasonable sounding. And it was only like... They're woke. They're totally bogus. They're communist. They're far la radical left. It's like they had to just layer on these descriptors because the actual policies themselves, I believe, are actually popular among most of the American people. I guess I can't speak to the Georgia electorate, but I suspect most Georgians would be in favor of some sort of reasonable gun restrictions. I don't know. Most people in most parts of the country are. I don't know Georgia in particular. I mean, anything sounds unreasonable if you say it like this. If you say it's <laughs> communist. 
<laughs> okay, so I have one more example for you. And this is a, this is an example that kind of pains me because it's an issue that, boy, I hate to see how it's taken off. Under Gretchen Whitmer, the radicals want a drag queen in every classroom. So there's a lot going on in this ad. One, they say that Gretchen Whitmer, who is running in Michigan, wants to put, quote, a drag queen in every classroom. First of all, a chicken I want to go to that pot. school. <laughs> a drag queen in every classroom. So first of all, that's not even something that Gretchen Whitmer said. Michigan Democratic Attorney General Dana Nessel said that in a speech. And she was like, oh, and, and she said, this was in June. She said that she was joking. And it was, a, it was a joke about her frustration with politicians who focus on these, quote, wedge issues that divide us, right? And so Yo, she was joking let's just about try to get queens. a teacher in every classroom, you know? We don't have the funding for drag queens in there. Have you seen the makeup, the outfits, the heels? Like, it's a lot of money to put a drag queen in a classroom. Yeah, we cannot afford that. Let's just focus on teachers. So this is not even something that Gretchen Whitmer says. And, and yet in this attack ad, it attributes that quote that she never said to her. And even the person who did say it says they were just joking and that line was taken out of context. But even beyond that, it's clear that this ad is really trafficking in identity-based attacks, right? That a vote for Gretchen Whitmer is a vote for someone who wants to quote, indoctrinate our kids with gender theory. And it's really just more of what we've seen of attacks and further criminalization on trans youth in schools, um, which I, you know, I hate that it has become a winning strategy for extremists to further marginalize a group that is already so marginalized, our fucking babies, our youth. Um, yeah. And so not only does this ad include a completely incorrect attack on Gretchen Whitmer, attributing something that she never said to her, but it also is just a further attack on trans youth and anybody who would dare to support trans youth or be an ally to trans youth. And it, it's meant to, it's not just an attack on them. I think it's meant to scare parents. It's meant to scare parents that people like Gretchen Whitmer, who ostensibly want to be allies to trans youth, trans youth or support trans youth in schools are coming to pervert and attack your children and you parents should be afraid. And it's so clear to me who like what this ad is meant to do. They certainly are not talking to the parents of trans youth. You know, they are trying to hit parents of kids who are not trans against trans youth. And I think it's just, it's just disgusting. And so when we talk about sort of the kinds of isms in the attacks that I know that we're going to see more of on, on election day today that we've already seen in the lead up to the election, this is exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's like an ignorance-based attack, right? Like it, it, it attacks Gretchen Whitmer for wanting to push sex and gender theory on children, uh, but then also says... Boys and girls are different. I know the difference. It's like, well, how do you know? Like, right? Like, maybe there's some theory behind the difference. Like, why is it so taboo to even talk about gender if it's, like, so crucial to you that this dichotomous gender exists? Why is the very idea that somebody might, like, talk about it and you know, apply some evidence to inform theories of what it is. Why is that so deeply threatening? Exactly. And I, I mean, lady, maybe you're not a doctor 
and maybe you should shut the fuck up. Like that's like whatever. Like whatever. Whenever I hear that, I'm just like, maybe you don't know anybody who is trans. Maybe you don't have any kind of educational background or expertise in this. Maybe you have no idea what you're talking about, and you should just stop talking about it. Like, like yeah. I'm to the point on this now where I'm like, why are you positive? Like, why are you on fucking television talking about trans youth? Like, like what do you even know about it? Right. Like, why are you attacking the very idea of talking about it, investigating it, understanding what gender is? It's yeah, it's revealing. What's so funny, you're you're right on the money. What's so funny is that it's like in that ad, she's like, I don't think that we should be talking to our kids about gender, but I do believe that, that boys and girls are different, and right. that's very important to me. Yeah. So, so which is it? Which is it? Right. Either gender is this important thing, or it's not an important thing. It's obviously an important thing. Maybe we should teach kids about it. Exactly. Yeah, but again, we, we digress. Let's stay focused on the election, what we're going to be seeing on election day. Let's take a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. 
So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. And we're back. So another topic that, frankly, I, I, I guess I feel comfortable saying should not be, quote, divisive. I don't think that just the existence of trans youth trying to live their lives should be divisive. But here we are. Another topic that I know that we're going to be seeing a lot of disinformation and misinformation and malinformation around is abortion. We have already seen incumbents who are up for re-election really backtracking on their records on abortion. I can absolutely understand why they are very invested in misrepresenting where they actually stood when it comes to Roe and protecting abortion rights. Because it's incredible, because it's incredibly, their, their stances are incredibly unpopular, right? So, like, we've seen um, folks who are running for re-election talk about how, like, oh, well, you know, this, it really just sent the issue back to the states, things like that, trying to point people who are interested and invested in protecting abortion rights, trying to paint us as the extremists. Um, we've seen candidates who are supportive of abortion access being accused of, quote, partial birth abortions or, quote, late-term abortions, which I always say this, those are not real terms. They are not medical terms. They are terms that are completely made up by anti-abortion extremists. So in Oregon, Oregon Right to Life sent mailers making claims about what they call, quote, late-term abortions in Oregon. Their flyer that they sent out attacked Democratic candidate for the Senate, Mark Meek, who has been endorsed by Planned Parenthood. The flyer has a picture of a baby, and it says, babies have to watch their backs. Radical Mark Meek wants to allow late-term abortions right up until the moment of birth at taxpayer expense. Everything about that is incorrect. Like, nothing nothing in that statement is true. Late-term abortions isn't a thing. That's, that's not a real medical phrase. I feel like Pete Buttigieg nailed this when he went on TV a while ago, and he he, he pointed out that, like, when you talk about somebody who's having an abortion at that pe- period, it's because they intended to carry it to term and something terrible has happened. Nobody is choosing to terminate their pregnancy a- at a late state like that. Yeah, you are a thousand percent correct. And the fact that this mailer frames it as if Mark Meek endorses that, he's like, oh, I think that, you know, you should be able to, yeah, it's just like not happening. And it, it, I, I understand what they're doing. It makes 
it makes someone who maybe doesn't know much about, like, like if you're like a low information voter on the issue, you might not have thought about the fact that like somebody having to terminate a pregnancy at the moment of birth, like what that, what the circumstances would actually be around that. Maybe you haven't thought about it. They're making it seem as though doctors are essentially delivering babies and then killing them. Like out of the vagina into the garbage. Correct. So I think that, you know, the organ right to life who put together these mailers are just banking on people not really thinking through what the circumstances would actually be for someone who would need to terminate a pregnancy right up to the moment of birth. And that they're banking on them thinking, oh, that person is, you know, they're banking on them having a, an intensely negative reaction. And it just makes me sad because like, where is the empathy? Where is the empathy for someone who would actually be in that situation? When it comes to abortion disinformation ahead of the midterms and in the midterms, the thing that gets me is that we've allowed both candidates, elected officials, and in some cases our media, not, you know, fringe media. I mean, like mainstream media outlets to frame abortion as this divisive issue where you know, oh, we have to do both sides because, you know, people disagree when the reality is that 80% of Americans are supportive of abortion access. There is not a pocket of America anywhere where the majority of people are anti-abortion, even in deep red states. It is not a divisive issue. And the people who are against protecting abortion access they are the extremists. They are the ones who are widely out of step with the will of the majority of the people. And so that's why you you see elected officials having to really lie about their stances on this, because they know that those stances are, are wildly unpopular. They know that most people do not agree with those stances and that the only way that they can even talk about them in a way that would not have them like run out of office is to lie and to misrepresent them. And so I can understand why we see these folks backtracking on their record saying like, oh, we're just leaving it up to the states. Because if they were to say the truth, which is that like we're attacking abortion access, they know that that's not what people want. That is not what Americans want. It is not a divisive issue. Whoever decided to frame it that way really pulled a snow job on all of us because it's just not. It's just not true. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think the math changed underneath them in a really big way where it's their position has always been unpopular, right? Like most Americans, I believe since the beginning of America until now have been supportive of abortion rights and access to abortion. Most people support it. And so, so like people who starting in the seventies decided that it was going to be a winning wedge issue for them. They've always had that difficult challenge of trying to sell an unpopular opinion and it worked for them because it was intensely motivating to the subset of the population who like really intensely cared and the majority of the voting populace uh did not have the same intense feelings and now following the Dobbs decision uh they suddenly realize that they can't just continue to speak to this small group in these impassioned over the top ways to like rile them up because they realize that a much wider segment of the population is is now listening and that wider segment of the population wants abortion access that's something that 
it's just always been a given in society for like thousands of years. And it's just this recent cadre of right wing assholes who realized that they could like win some elections uh, by pretending like it's some radical position, which it obviously isn't. Yeah, it, people need to have abortions. It's just the it's just yeah. We live in a society. People need to have abortions. I'm sorry that people don't like it, but like that's what it is. People need to have abortions. People are gonna have abortions. People been having abortions. Just let people sort out their own shit. More after a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment. Whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. 
I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let's get right back into it. So let's talk more about some of the myths and disinformation I know we're going to be seeing today on Election Day um, about voting more generally. Um, One is just sort of spreading fear, particularly fear to black and brown folks and marginalized voters. You know, every election year we see, you know, oh, people are being arrested at the polls. Oh, a picture that purports to show ICE agents doing arrests of undocumented folks at the polls. Oh, I, I always see the the little thing that's like, oh, they're checking for outstanding warrants or uh, child unpaid child support payments at the polls. Clearly, these are tactics meant to scare black and brown voters. And they're so savvy because they're clearly tactics that play into the the very like rightful fear and baggage and trauma that black and brown folks have around being criminalized in the United States. And so what's so fucked up is that oftentimes with disinformation and misinformation, it's, it is, the reason why it works is because it, there's a grain of truth to it. There is one aspect to it that is accurate. And that one aspect is sort of blown out of proportion or like misrepresented. And so it makes me so sad because in reality, we know there are states where Black and brown voters are being criminalized, right? In Florida, folks with felonies on their records who were told that, who thought that they could vote, went to register to vote, and then the police showed up at their door for voter fraud, right? And so we know that that happened, and we know that that is clearly meant to create a climate where folks who might have felonies on their records, folks who have Serve their their you know serve their time paid their debt to society are unclear on what's happening and are maybe just afraid and so I I have to give it to to DeSantis that it is such a savvy move to put fear in the hearts of people who are just trying to exercise their civic duty of voting and I mean if, if you were someone who had a felony on your record and you weren't sure whether or not you could vote you've seen these viral videos of folks black and brown folks who thought they could vote, were told they could vote, were given the paperwork to vote, and then were arrested, I could understand why that would keep you from voting. I could understand why that would keep you from the polls. And it's sad to me that when I talk about sort of the lies around Black voters being criminalized, that folks like DeSantis have gone out of their way to make sure that that continues to be based in reality, to make sure that that, that that continues to have that bit of truth. And we really deserve so much better than leaders who are going to exploit our traumas and baggage and anxieties as marginalized people living in this country that are so real for us. But this is what we have. Yeah, it's so disgusting. Disgusting and 
and sad to to see people's right to vote attacked and like you said there's like a germ of truth in all successful disinformation campaigns and there's more than a germ of truth in the idea that like black and brown people have not had the easiest time voting in the United States right like there's definitely like the right to vote was just categorically denied to black people for the first hundred so years of the United States. And ever since then, it's been a fight. It's a constant fight. It's a fight in this election in 2022. And it's just so dispiriting uh, to me. And I can only imagine it's even more dispiriting to others, but it's like, this is the core part of what it means to be like a participating citizen in uh, Republic is like you get to vote, you get to have a say in who leads the the county highway department or like the state DOT or like whatever or like the governorship or the presidency or like passes the laws in Congress. You get to have a say. All the citizens get to have a vote, and to attack that and undermine it is so antithetical to the the whole enterprise and it's, i guess it's like not surprising because they're so disingenuous and so hypocritical but it and it's almost like it feels expected at this point like oh well of course republicans are going to try to suppress the vote of like black and brown people and young people like that's just like what they do but like it's it really like cuts to the core of American democracy being at risk. Well, that's, I, that's one of the reasons why I even wanted to have do this episode tonight, because I think I was just coming to terms with the weight of that feeling of that. It feels, I don't, and maybe this is going to sound Pollyanna-ish, only in the last few years have I come to realize how tenuous and fragile democracy is. And, you know, seeing these these polls about how little, and who, who knows about polls, but I saw a couple of polls that were like, people are interested in economic issues and they're not interested in like protecting our democracy. And speaking just for myself, I don't know how anybody doesn't see those two things as linked. I don't know how anybody doesn't see like just the ability to be a person who is free to try to make a better life for themselves, free to try to start a family on their terms when they say how they say, free to raise that family safely in a safe community with access to, you know, accessible healthcare and food. Like, I don't see how, like, to, to me, those things are, the Venn diagram is a circle that democracy in living in a living in a democratic state also means is also connected to being able to be free to exercise your democratic will and fucking raise your family without without fear of yeah just being able to raise your family i i see those things i, I mean like i feel like i'm like spitting out talking about it but 
reading polls that are like, oh, people don't care about abortion. They care about putting food on the table and economic issues. People don't care about democracy. They care about putting gas in their car. I see those things as all the same to me. If I don't have body autonomy and people don't see that as part and parcel to economic freedom, what are we doing? If I'm not able to go vote free of lies and legit violence, political violence, what are we doing? And so I I see that like all these ways that the fabric of what it means to live in a healthy, functioning democracy is being so pulled apart. And I see all the little threads and it scares me. I'm scared. I mean, I'm us- I, I usually try to be like optimistic and hopeful on the show. And, and generally I am, but I am scared. And I hate that. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know me, I, I'm not someone who is like very interested in electoral politics as the end all be all. But how the fuck did we get here where the only path to liberation is like, at this point, all we can do is fucking vote. Like, if it's voting for the lesser of two evils, do what you gotta do. I want so much better for us. But it's, it's, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels scary. It feels like we are it feels like something has been pulled apart and you're trying to scotch tape it back together. It is scary times. I, I wish I had some nice words to make it less scary. Uh, yeah, it's tenuous. It's weird. Make it all better, Mike. You know, and on the eve of this election, you know, I just like, there's a Winston Churchill quote that I think about all the time. <laughs> about how democracy is the absolute worst form of government except for all the others. And it, <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. And it, I think it's accurate. Like it it's so stupid. We're stuck in this union with all these imbeciles who hate the idea of unionism. And yet here we are. It's difficult. I don't know that there's an answer. I think we're all just like trying to get through it as best we can. People listening are like, why did I tune into this? Now I'm bummed out. Hey, (laughs) you asked me to be on this episode. You knew the risks. I know. I know. If I want to bum everybody out, just bring Michael Amato onto the podcast. All I see are risks. No, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Well, let's. I, I do want to talk about. So it's election day. I do want to just sort of talk about what we are likely to see on election day and beyond. That's why people tuned into this episode. Let's get to that. I know. I, I'm so, y'all. I have COVID. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Hey, ladies. It's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP 
for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So if you've been listening to There Are No Girls on the Internet for a while, you probably know that I was lucky enough to work with the amazing team at Mozilla, the makers of Firefox, to host a podcast called IRL, where we explored the promise and perils of artificial intelligence. It was a dream for me. And guess what? It's been nominated for a Shorty Award, and I really need your help. Can you take a minute and vote for IRL to win Best Use of a Podcast? It's super quick, I promised. Just go to tangodi.com slash IRL. You can vote every day. And y'all, I don't know if this sounds bad to say, but I kind of really want to win. So please vote. That's tangodi, T-A-N-G-O-T-I dot com slash IRL. And thank you. It means so much to me. And we are back just talking about some things to look out for in terms of dis and miss and malinformation on and after Election Day. And a big thing that we really have to talk about 
on election day and after election day is people saying that because it's taking a long time to count votes, that that is somehow evidence of voter fraud or a stolen election. Now, I've already seen a lot of this happening so far. And I need to be really clear, it has always taken a long time to count votes in elections. Because of things like the increased use of mail-in ballots and early voting, uh, in some places, counting votes cannot even start before polls close thanks to Republican legislation. So in a lot of legislatures, it is very much by design that it takes a little bit of time to count the votes. And people who say this, I would argue that they're actually just lying. Because anybody who has worked in politics, political media, news media for a few years They know that it is totally normal for it to take a while for all the ballots to be counted and to have a definitive winner. That is not a surprise. If you're somebody who hasn't followed a lot of elections or hasn't followed a lot of this very closely, that's completely fine. You might not know. But the people who go on Fox News and say that it's out of the ordinary, that it takes a little while to count votes, they know that's not true and they're deliberately lying. In this election, we already know that we're going to see contested elections and contested races, we are going to see it taking a little bit of time to count votes in certain places in certain races because of things like mail-in ballots. Because of that like weird nebulous time, that is the kind of time where like bad actors can really run wild. You're going to see a lot of claims about voter fraud or election fraud. And I just need to be like super clear There is no widespread voter fraud in the United States. End of sentence. There might be voting irregularities. Sure, perhaps. Those are never to the scale to actually impact an election. It just does not happen. And so I hate, as much as I hate Trump and his presidency, Something that I like cannot believe that he actually got into the lexicon that stuck was this idea of like, oh, count every legal vote. Like I remember when Ivanka Trump tweeted that, like, this shouldn't be controversial. Count every legal vote. It's so insidious how it makes it seem as though there are lots of so if you're saying count every legal vote, yeah, it sounds totally reasonable when you first say it or you when you first hear it, but you're making it seem like there are lots of illegal votes. And that's not true. So it's it's already kind of grounded in a situation that is not happening. And so I know that we're going to see, I mean, we've already seen so many claims about like, oh, it doesn't take a long time to count votes. Like there are something funny is going around. Don't, I, I know that you're going to see it. I, I've already seen some of it. I hate that this has become part of our national understanding of the voting process because it's just not it's just not reflective of reality. There is no widespread voter fraud in the United States. If anybody was going to find it it would have been Trump in fucking 2020 and he didn't fucking find it. So there's just not any there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We're going to see so many claims about voter fraud uh people like making cases to various courts. It's it's just these people have had the past two years to just be like stroking their hard ons and thinking about how they're going to like yell voter fraud this time around. And so they're going to be out there. They're going to be doing it. 
yeah, they're going to be doing it everywhere that they possibly can. They're probably going to burn Arizona to the ground and it'll immediately burn because they have no water anymore. Uh, it's yeah. going to be everywhere, though. It's going to be everywhere. And that's kind of my point of making this episode is that you were talking about burning Arizona to the ground. And I know you're kidding, but. Well, to be just... clear, I, I I suggested that they were go- the Arizonans were going to burn it to the ground. I was not suggesting that anyone else go there and burn it to the ground. It was a lament, not a threat. Oh, I, I shouldn't go to Arizona and burn a town. You should not. No, there, there are no okay. threats. I'm not making any threats to Arizona. Let me cancel my flight here. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just concerned for their well-being based on some of the people inside the house. Well, so, you know, we're kidding, but we are in this very weird time where shit is just weird. You know, election officials have been warning for the last few days of election-related violence on election day and after, um, which is scary and makes me so sad that that's just where we're at. Conspiracy theories about stolen elections and voter fraud have translated to extremist groups getting trained to become, quote, poll watchers, which basically means they just harass and intimidate voters and poll workers at the polls. Elon Musk owns Twitter. They've got a new pay $8 to get verified verification process rolling out. Um, Stuff is just weird. And so I think in this moment where things feel weird, tenuous, scary, like uh, all of the things, the question is like, what can we do? And I would say this, I mean, this is the spiel I always give, but one, whatever you do, Don't share or amplify misinformation, even if you're trying to like debunk it, make a joke of it, point out, like, look at this incorrect information. If you're on a platform where you can report it, report it. But nine times out of 10, if you engage with incorrect information, you're just going to help it spread. That's true for pretty much anything. And so if you see something that is extremist or like a really bad tweet, don't engage with it. Um, Don't share things just in case. We had an interesting situation during early vote where somebody shared that, like, oh, I heard from a friend that if your ballot has writing on it, then like a signature on it, then it's going to be voided. And the election, like the county election official had to post on Facebook saying, actually, we are legally required to sign each ballot. And so like, if we sign it, that's like, that's actually required of us. And so Don't share things, even if you're sharing them just in case, if you cannot verify that they're correct. And instead, focus on sharing positive, accurate content about the election, the candidates, the, 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 you know, issues and the causes that you're, that that are motivating you to vote. You, it is going to be so much better if you focus your time on spreading that kind of information that is accurate and timely and positive and helpful rather than engaging with information that is not true. And also, if you want a little extra, you can come to a training that I am doing with the organization Women's March. Uh, It is virtual. It is on Zoom. It is the Wednesday after Election Day. It is free. Uh, I would love to hang out with y'all there and talk disinformation and the election. Uh, I will put the information to join in the show notes. But yeah, if you want a little, if you're going to be like me on Wednesday, probably feeling a little anxious, come hang out with me on Zoom on Wednesday evening. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we'll be feeling and, good on Wednesday. 
I mean, hopefully I won't be feeling like feverish with COVID, but also hopefully I'll be feeling better. And then just a couple of like random things I want to throw out there. As our digital communications platforms like Twitter become more and more interesting, we'll say. Now, and, and given that like all the stuff is happening with Twitter while an election is happening, Digital hygiene is going to be more important than ever. So if you're listening to this, please, please, please turn on two-factor identification. It is a small step that you can take to protect yourself as this like verification stuff rolls out. We don't know how it's going to be. I don't really have any insight on how it's going to work. All I know is I would not be tweeting if I did not have two-factor authentication. So please enable it. I mean, it's such a weird, it's so weird to even talk about it because this is such uncharted territory. Usually I would say, like, oh. Check to see if there's a verified check mark, but I don't know if that's great advice anymore for Twitter. So just do if you're going to be sharing stuff on social media about the election in terms of results and races, just check before you share. I I have been fooled before, and I do this for a living. They get the best of us. Just make sure that you're checking, and just generally stay calm. You know, like let's take comfort in each other. I know things are weird right now. You might be feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it. You know, rushing to share things on social media doesn't help anybody. Take a minute, take a beat, check your sources. Let's just try to lean into the comfort of the collective that we all have together. And I guess I would end by saying like, this episode is weird. I feel weird. I have COVID also. But, you know, I just want to say, like, we deserve a functioning, healthy democracy. We deserve a healthy media ecosystem. We deserve to have platforms that are that amplify accurate, honest, timely, helpful information and not extremism and lies. We deserve to have leaders running those platforms who are not complete man children who are transparently looking for sycophants and adoration and lashing out at any criticism they get, uh, even though they're really embarrassing and super easy to make fun of. And they let Azalea Banks live in their house for a while. And that didn't turn out well because they're not smart people. And they are really invested in people thinking they're really smart, even though they're not. Talking about Elon Musk. um, (laughs) We deserve better. (laughs) We deserve better. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I hate that we're in a situation where we have to like, be working so hard at creating the at creating things that we deserve for ourselves frankly you know we don't we we deserve better and i want better for us but i guess this is my plea for voting you know please vote why would people not vote like why why would somebody not vote because there is an entire well-moneyed effective machine invested in telling people that both can't all parties are the same your vote doesn't matter no party is looking out for you they are invested in te- in having everybody just check out of the of the democratic system just check out of voting and so i don't shame people who don't vote because i know there is like an entire well-moneyed system invested in you being like it doesn't matter both parties are the same it's so much noise i stay out of politics who gives a shit but there's so much at stake that even if you feel that way, just do it as a personal favor for me, please, at this point. Fair. All right. Well, thank you, Bridget, for 
taking the time to take us all through this little list of what to expect from the election returns tomorrow. I know you got COVID. I hope <laughs> you rest up after recording this. Um, I know that I fought tooth and nail to prevent you from having to record this, but the executives <laughs> at iHeart were like, we need Bridget to Don't record say that. an episode for the election. So thank you for doing it. No, this was all voluntary. And we're going to have to do a heavy edit on this because I feel like I sound ridiculous. <laughs> no. Well, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh yeah, Bridget, thanks for for doing the thing. Uh, take us out. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Mike. And thanks to all of you for listening. Oh, I hope this episode doesn't sound awful. I'm sorry in advance. So- sorry for making you listen to this. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unboss Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.